Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Tonight's sermon text comes from 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. A Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 14. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Good evening, everyone. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, you, you promise us that when we're thirsty, we can come to you. And Lord, I, I just know for myself and, and maybe others here tonight, we're thirsty, we're hungry. Sometimes our weeks are, are so very dry. Um, so Lord, let us set aside all of those burdens just put them down at your feet and just sit down and and listen to your word and eat at your table and get full again. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So we've been in this series, kind of a, a preaching series, where we've talked about our core commitments for the last few weeks. And Anytime, I know I've said this before, but anytime we talk about our core commitments, I always just want to say, like, these are things that we do perfectly, but we do believe the more we talk about them, the more intention that we have around them, and probably the more we hold each other accountable to be Christ-like around these things. And so those are on the board here, on the screen, and we've talked about belong and grow, and last week Peyton talked about serve. I also want to talk about serve tonight, but specifically around the word generosity. 
And when I talk about generosity, I, I just want you to hold this image in your mind as we talk tonight about generosity, and it's the image of a reservoir. And a reservoir, historically, I mean, this is an image that the church has used for over a thousand years to imagine what generosity actually is. And I don't know a ton about reservoirs, but I know like they're, 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 they work well when they're full of water, and they're intended to spill over, like if they're full, if there's not a lot of sediment in the bottom, but if they're full of water, they spill over into a very intentional place, and they don't empty out completely, right? They have to be full, and they spill over. So I found this quote from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. This is uh, a quote, keep in mind, written in uh, about a thousand years ago. And he says this, The one who is wise, therefore, will see life as more like a reservoir than a canal. The canal simultaneously pours out what it receives. The reservoir retains the water till it's filled, then discharges the overflow without loss to itself. Today... There are many in the church who act like canals. The reservoirs are far too rare. You too must learn to await this fullness before pouring out your gifts. Do not try to be more generous than God. So I just want to say before I say anything about generosity, like we, 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 we can't even get there if we're not regularly letting the living water fill us. First thing, the living water fill us. Then we can spill out. Then we can pour out. St. Vincent de Paul said, no one can give what he doesn't have. So tonight I want to talk about spiritually formative generosity, and I want to define that. Kevin, if you can flip the next slide. I want to define it this way, accepting what I have as a gift from God while regularly offering these gifts for the service of others. Stewarding what I have in my possession as though it were on loan to me. Living in the tension that what I have isn't my own, but the growing awareness that God is regularly inviting me to serve another with the gifts that I've received. Eugene Peterson in the message paraphrases uh, 1 Peter 4.10 this way, be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so that all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. How does that change your view of the church, how to be church? How does that change your intention or, or purpose when it comes to church, when we aim for God's bright presence to be evident on us? Peter points to this reality that our actions of generosity make the presence of God more realized and even more accessible in the world. Our actions of generosity do that. Last week, Peyton shared that we see the core commitment of service as a way of caring for those inside the church, inside the, the walls of the church. And next week, Father Dell is going to talk about our, our impulse for missional outreach, which we refer to as our go commitment. But this week, I want to talk about the practice of generosity because it seems like to me it's kind of a, a bridge between what happens on the inside of the church and the mission that occurs as we go out into the world. 
And if our hearts are truly missional with the love of Jesus, if we really want everyone to get in on it, well, then generosity is not an option for us. It's not optional. Now, I know when I talk or anyone talks about generosity, it can be like a clever way of like talking about money and not talking about money. So I just want to name that I'm going to talk about money tonight. <laughs> um, not because like as a church, we really need to pay the bills and, and all that, you know, but because, I mean, we got to pay the bills. That's true. Right. Because um, more than that, though, it's important that like if we're not emptying out our reservoirs, we got to ask, well, what's actually filling them up? What are they full of? We start holding on to things, and, and the things that we hold on to aren't always really bad, but they're not always really good for us either. And so we ask, well, you know, what do I need to let go of? And the way of generosity calls us to make room for the living water to flow so that the expression of generosity comes from the fullness of the life of God in us. I think what I'm about to say would be really hard to be consistent, but what if we started every day with generosity questions? I'm going to just offer a couple of generosity questions to us. What if we start every day saying, Lord, what have you given me today? And Lord, what are you calling me to give away today? Generosity questions. What is, where is my reservoir full, and how is God actively bringing opportunities into my view for me to spill over with the living water of Jesus? Generosity, I think, it's something that most of us have to grow into. Like, we're, we're not born with this great ability to sh- share, right? I mean, can I get an amen from parents? I don't know. If you've got kids that share well, you know, talk to me. I'd love to get some recommendations from you. Um, but it's something that we grow into. It's a lifelong journey, generosity. St. Vincent de Paul, I quoted a moment ago. He was a, a Catholic priest in the 17th century France, and he kind of was, he was from a peasant family, and so he saw the priesthood as a way to maybe kind of rise up into some kind of upward mobility. And so for him, the priesthood was like uh, you know, status symbol or a way to gain some wealth. He even um, in his mid-20s, he was ordained as a priest, like really young, like 19. In his mid-20s, he wrote a letter to his mom and he said, I think by age 29, I'll have made enough money to retire and just support you and my family. So he had this way of thinking about the priesthood as a way of just making money. And Eventually, like he was assigned this role as a tutor for some children, a very wealthy family, and he was walking with the matriarch of this family out into the poverty-stricken streets of France. And the matriarch, as they walk along the streets, she looks at him and she, she, she asks him a question that changed the course of his life forever. And here's the question. What are we going to do about this? Seeing all the needs around being just shattered by all the needs. She says, what are we going to do about this? And St. Vincent de Paul, I don't know if any one of you know his story, but he actually is the patron saint of charity. (laughs) He went on to commit his entire priesthood, his entire life to serving those who are in poverty and those who are marginalized socially. But generosity is something we grow into gradually. 
And I think there's a couple of reasons why. I mean, there's maybe a lot of reasons why uh, that, but I, I just want to talk about two points of resistance that I think we may feel when we attempt to express and practice generosity. And I want to refer to those as closed hands and closed heart. And what I mean by closed hands is what we might call just self-interest. We might have this kind of functional belief that goes something like this. My needs are more important than other needs. My needs are more important. Now, we're not probably going around saying that to others. And we may not even know that we fully believe that. But if we just take some inventory of our actions and the ways that we perhaps have tried to practice generosity, if we just look at our lives, maybe we see that that thing is present a little bit in our lives that I, in some ways, may believe that my needs are more important than others. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The resistance of, of closed hands is, is a resistance that it really kind of shows that human tendency that I think we all to some degree have of just to build our own empires, just to kind of build our own way. Now, I mean, we've, we've talked about this so often, but I, I, I don't want to not say this. Caring for ourselves is so critically important. Self-care is so critically important. Please hear me. We need to live with full reservoirs. But there's a, a marked difference between self-care and what I think Jesus is talking about here in laying up treasures for ourselves. The Greek word that, that's being used, lay up or store up, literally means treasure. What Jesus is saying is, don't treasure your treasures. Don't treasure your treasures. Be cautious of how much you invest in something the world can easily take away. Don't get so caught up in what you have so much that you forget that it has a shelf life to it anyway. Again, Peter writes, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has been given, each of you has received, so that God's bright presence might be evident in everything through Jesus. It is a lifelong journey for us, generosity. But we know this, the way to get on that pathway and the way to stay on that pathway is going to involve opening up our hands to let go to not treasure our treasures, to be ready and open to give something away. Well, not just closed hands as a point of resistance to generosity, but also closed hearts. And I want to take some liberties in how I define that tonight and just say what I mean by that is self-doubt. It has a functional belief that says something like, my gifts don't really matter. It moves us into a closed position. It's hard for us to offer anything up if we don't really believe that what we have to offer matters. In the gospel reading tonight, the disciples and Jesus, they're surrounded by thousands of people that are in need. 
Did you catch what Jesus say, says to the disciples? I mean, we, we may, maybe we can't imagine what it's like to be around uh, thousands of people who are hungry. Maybe some of us has been in a situation like that. I haven't. I don't know what that's like. But Jesus comes to them and he says, you give them something to eat. You feed them. And maybe just for a second, if we can just do some imaginative work here, if you can just reflect back on the last 12 months, 18 months, 20 months, whatever it's been since we've been going through this weird pandemic, and just remember those times when you've been in situations, maybe it wasn't a thousand people or thousands of people around you who are hungry, but you just realize you're in a situation where the needs were just way too great. You just don't have enough to offer. And you just start to hear that, that voice. You know, my needs don't matter. Like, what can I really offer anyway? My needs don't matter. How could they? The need is too great. And we just get so overwhelmed, even paralyzed by the need. And it's in this very context, if we could imagine that Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, you feed them, you give them something to eat. And so when we listen to Jesus's words, the, the way that we relate to the needs around us, I think it changes. I mean, yes, there, there are going to be times when we have to enlist the help of other people in the church and, and even outside of the church to do the work of, of God's kingdom in this world. Yes. But if our first thought is commonly to say, how can I send this person away so someone else can help them? If I frequently doubt my own ability to offer something to them in their time of need, if I live in a space of disconnection between the gifts that I've been given and the needs that are around me, if I just regularly believe my, my, my gifts do not matter, then maybe that's an invitation for you and for me to sit down and ask that question that changed the course of St. Vincent de Paul's life. What can I do about this? Can we listen to those words of Jesus as an invitation to generosity? You give them something to eat. You feed them. I mean, how would the American church be different if we lived out of that full reservoir? I got to imagine it would be complete. I mean, there would be so many things that we would do differently. We can do this. You know, the practice of generosity, I think it's really an antidote to our normal way of life. It really, it makes us better human beings, the practice of generosity. It moves us away from our self-interest, from our self-doubt, and it moves us toward living out our lives for the sake of others. That's the Jesus way. That's the way of Jesus. As Anglicans, when we come to the table, which we'll do in just a little bit, we have the simultaneous experience of both receiving from the Lord, Peyton talked about that last week, and offering our gifts to the Lord. It's happening at the same time. We're receiving and we're offering. The question of spiritually formative generosity, Lord, what have you given me today, and, and what are you calling me to give away? It's, it's the rhythm of receiving and then giving. It's like breathing. We inhale and we exhale. And if you enter up that rhythm at all, at all, 
you just pass out. I mean, it's not good. We know that. If we only receive, we become stagnant with excess sediment. And if we only offer, we become empty reservoirs. So what do we do about this? Well, we might say, well, we, we, we need to open our hands and open our hearts. I mean, that's what I've been talking about tonight. And, and true, yes, we do, for sure. But I want to, as a way of application, I want to offer a specific context for us to, to maybe move into a thought tonight. And here's the question that, that may help us get there. Here, here it is. What's your relationship with money? I'm not saying that to shame anyone. I know this conversation has its own kind of history for most of us. So no shame. Just you and your reflections before the Lord. Like, what is your relationship with money? And like I said earlier, like, generosity is not just about money. We could equally ask that question. What's your relationship with your time? What's your relationship with your calendar? What's your relationship with your talents and your gifts? We can ask it in a lot of different ways. But I want to say something in the most tender way I can about money. Y'all, the needs are all around us. They're not going away. And even as Diane prayed, like you just are recognizing, like I look out at the world and it just is so heavy. That's what I felt when you stood up to pray. Like the needs are all around us. And even here at Mission Cleveland, in the scope of what God's doing in the world, our group may seem rather small, but I've, I've heard this beautiful heart impulse from us. And it's a desire to seek the flourishing of Cleveland, Tennessee. And without generosity, we're just so severely limited in our call to live for the sake of others, to live for the flourishing of our city and our neighborhoods. And I want to say... This I've been very impressed. I mean, so impressed by many of you. Like throughout this year, when we weren't even meeting in person, and we were clunk, clunking around with uh, Facebook Church and Zoom Church and all that, many of you continued to just express generosity through your giving. It, it it really is a beautiful, beautiful gift. Thank you, sincerely. Thank you. And yet there are some of us that are still growing in this area, still growing in generosity. Um, maybe we're always growing in generosity. You know, maybe we don't all, ever really get there, right? But some of us really are still growing here. For some of us, I think there's, there's part of our hearts that just get caught in the tension between what we've been given and that call to give some of it away. Like we just get stuck there. I mean, it's not a very comfortable place, but we just get kind of stuck there. We doubt God. We doubt ourselves. Maybe we've had some abuse around money or lived in some scarcity or fear of not having enough. And I just want to be really, really sensitive to anybody that's finding themselves in that place. That's real. That's hard. But I would be remiss as a pastor if I didn't also say it's in these very places that God invites us out of and into his abundant life where there is no lack. And I'm full disclosure, like I'm on that journey with anyone else who is. Like I'm with you there. And here, here's the catch. 
it's very likely that it's generosity that helps us unlock from that place. It's in our giving. When we open up our hands, we realize that it's, it's in that letting go that there's a lot of freedom. You know what I think we realize when we practice generosity is that what we've been given doesn't save us. It never will. We only had it anyway so that God's bright presence shines through us when we give it away. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. I don't know where each of us are at, but I just want to encourage us to live generously, Mission Cleveland. Whatever that means, whatever you hear me saying, live generously, not reluctantly or under compulsion, not with closed hands or closed heart, but generously in the abundance of our Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.